Amen. I am so grateful that we can experience the power and the presence of the Lord today. I believe God is going to help us today. God is going to encourage us. God is going to allow his perfect plan, his perfect will to unfold in our life today. Amen. Don't you love getting second chances on things that you need to do in life, especially when things just haven't gone as planned? Makes me think a few years ago, Jude was playing coach pitch baseball. I recall on one weekend, the opposing coach made three horrible pitches in a row that were completely unhittable. Then the ball it was placed on this batting tee. In their rules, the batter would be given two more chances to hit off that tee. And of course, most players could hit off any tee and then they'd have the opportunity to run toward first base and be safe or get thrown out. So each player could, in essence, have up to five chances to hit the ball every single time they were at bat. So it didn't matter how bad the batter was. It didn't matter how bad the pitching was. That young child, that man, that young girl, whoever that was that was right there at that moment, young lad, young lady, whoever that was, they would get up to five chances at bat almost every single time. Now, in these young leagues, of course, everyone is still learning, but it really makes you grateful that the games only last three innings. Can you imagine just how long a game would take if that's how they did it in the major leagues? Now, just like those little batters, how they needed a second chance most times that they were up to bat don't we also in our own lives don't we need another chance to get things right I mean maybe you had big plans for this year and things just haven't panned out maybe you made a wrong choice and now you're faced with a level of frustration all because of that decision perhaps it was a relationship or a friendship that has caused you a whole lot of heartache I'm thankful today that we serve a God who often provides us a second chance. Amen. I'm thankful that the failure does not have to be our future today. It does not have to be final today. I want to encourage you today that this is your day. This is your season for a new opportunity in the Lord. God's going to do great things. Amen. As we begin to place our faith in the Lord, begin to place our trust in him. I'm grateful that the Lord has given us a brand new season right here and right now to grow deeper in the Lord. If COVID has taught us anything, it is to make the most of every single opportunity that we face on a daily basis. We're called to make every single moment count, to pour our lives into the things that really matter, the things that are of eternal consequence. Today is the day to place our fear. Today is the day to place our shortcomings. Today is the day to place that wrong decision on the altar of the Lord because I believe that God is with us and God is faithful to provide a means of healing today. He's faithful today to provide a means of restoration today. 
today, redirection today. Amen. Our God, he specializes in U-turns. Amen. I'm grateful today that he specializes in U-turns. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, hey, that's me. I'm thankful that God is full of grace and mercy today. And he specializes in turnaround situations. He specializes in second chances. Type that in the notes below. Hey, I'm grateful that God specializes in second chances. I'm calling us today to reach out and receive God's better for us, God's second chance for our life. Amen. You know, anytime I think of second chances, I think of a fellow in the Old Testament by the name of Jonah. Now this Jonah, he was an Old Testament prophet. He was a servant of the Lord. In fact, his name means dove, which signifies a messenger. And we're told that he is the son of Amittai, the son of truth. And so he was truly a messenger of God's truth, God's faithfulness to his people. And so it's really no surprise that as we read the word of God and how it came to Jonah, it was really Jonah's job to answer the call. But unlike his other assignments, which had been local to the people of Israel, this one required that he go overseas. This one required that he go to a place called Nineveh. Now, before the virus, probably any of us would have jumped at the opportunity to take an overseas kind of trip, right? I mean, the boss says, hey, I need you to board a plane and head to London. I mean, you're going to take that opportunity, right? But look, here's the thing. Nineveh is not, not London. No, sir. No, ma'am. Nineveh is not London. Let me explain. Nineveh, it's the capital city of the Assyrians. Assyria was a very powerful nation. It was Israel's enemy. They were a cruel and a heartless people. In fact, they were notorious for their wicked ways. Eventually, it was the Assyrians who took Israel captive in 722 B.C. We may understand then why Jonah had absolutely no desire to preach to these people. You see, Jonah, he lived a life dedicated to God, but this call was from God. This call was to preach deliverance to Nineveh, but unfortunately, it was just more, too much more than Jonah could do. So instead of obeying God, instead of obeying the Lord, Jonah ran. In fact, he ran as far away from the call that God had placed in his life as possible. He decided that he was going to go to Tarshish instead. Nineveh and Tarshish, well, they are thousands of miles apart. Jonah's choice to go there was more than disobedience. It was sheer defiance. Can I give you some free advice here today? Blatantly obeying God is one thing, but when we blatantly disobey God's plan, it's not going to end very well. And so the short version of the story is that Jonah refused to follow God's instruction and he gets in a whole heap of trouble. While on the ship to Tarshish, a terrible storm 
immediately comes upon them. All the sailors, they're fearful. They're afraid they're about to be destroyed. And so they're busy throwing stuff, you know, all their cargo all overboard. And guess where Jonah is? Jonah is sleeping below deck. He's just snoozing. He's, he's, he's just sitting there doing what he needs to do. The captain got to Jonah. He's like, hey, Jonah, get out of the bed. I need you to call on your God because we're about to be destroyed. We need our God. Whoever God you pray to, go and pray to that God because we need salvation. In that moment, Jonah knew what was really going on. And this situation, this storm, was so that he could be awoken from sleep. And in fact, God was trying to get his attention. He begged them to be, hey, look, actually this storm is my fault. Why don't you throw me overboard at this moment? At first the sailors were like, man, there's no way. I mean, you're a passenger on our ship. We're supposed to protect you, keep you safe. You want us to throw you overboard? At first they're not going to do this. They weren't willing to do this until they realized they had absolutely no other choice. As soon as Jonah hit the water, get this, the storm ceased. The storm stopped. It began to calm. And Jonah faced an even bigger problem, bigger than the storm, because a huge fish swallowed him up. Maybe a whale, but Jonah didn't die. Look, folks, when God's got a work for you to accomplish, he can get quite creative to get you to that point. Amen. So Jonah, he finds himself in the belly of this great fish for three days. And during these three days, he's got some time to think, right? Some time to think about what's going on. In fact, he talks to God. He repents and asks God to allow him to fulfill God's mission and call for his life. God answers Jonah's prayer and the fish spits out Jonah on dry ground. Jonah chapter three and verse one. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, arise, go to Nineveh, the great city and preach to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of of the Lord. Now Nineveh was exceedingly an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. And he cried out and said, "Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown." Today we're going to preach about this subject, second chances. Amen. I know without a doubt that we serve a God who specializes in second chances. Amen. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, hey, I'm thankful that we serve a merciful God. Amen. A God of the second chance. Have you ever longed to undo some of those mistakes that you made in life? I know that I have. And yet we've all made mistakes, big and small. Sometimes these mistakes have affected our career. Sometimes they've affected our parenting or even our marriages. These choices can lead us to wish that we could find a way to start over. Well, Jonah's story reminds us that there is such a place, that we serve a God who doesn't give up on those who repent. God does not give up on those who desire to repent and turn toward him. You see, God will not give up 
on you. Amen. Why don't you turn to someone and say, hey, I'm so thankful today to know that God will not give up on me. Type it in the chat. Amen. That God's not going to give up on me today. Say it like you mean it today. Believe it today that God will not give up on me. Amen. Jonah 3 and 1 shares now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Folks, I could stop right there. How many of us are grateful for the patience that God displays to us daily, that he comes again even when we are disobedient? Jonah found out on a personal level that God gives second chances and that our failures can leave us feeling that, look, God could never use me again. God could never bless me again. That we're useless in God's work or even to God's plan. We must therefore learn from our failures in life. Here's the thing. We cannot allow sin to paralyze us today. We cannot allow our shortcomings to trap us today in our past. Amen. It's been said that mistakes are meant for learning, not repeating, right? Mistakes are meant for learning and not for repeating. Sometimes the hardest thing in life is to get back up from our mistakes. The key is not to be bound by our short shortcomings today. No, but to get back up to try once more. That's what God wants to do for us. Here's the thing. We've got to be humble today. Uh, humble enough to ask the Lord, God, I need your help in this moment. And I believe God can work some great things out of our heart. As we see in the life of Jonah, sometimes God will just let us see how bad our choices will land us. I mean, it doesn't get any lower than being in the belly of some great whale or great fish, does it? I mean, everything has fallen apart for Jonah. And the only thing left that he has is to look up. The only thing left for him to do is to look up, look up and try to follow the voice of the master. One more time. Why? Because here's the thing. God still has a plan for our life. Amen. Without a doubt, I want to convey that, that God still has a plan for your life. My brother, my sister, regardless of the failure, regardless of the decisions that you've made, I want to tell you that God still has a plan for your life. Tell your neighbor that, hey, God still has a plan for me. I'm grateful today that God knows the end and he knows the beginning and he still has a plan for us. He still has a purpose. Something that us, that only we can fulfill through our lives. Jonah chapter 3 and verse 2. Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. I'm thankful we serve an awesome God today. Amen. I'm thankful we serve an amazing God. He has plans for each and every one of us. And so even if we have failed, those plans don't become forfeited today. They're not changing. Amen. Last week, my wife shared a beautiful passage with us, and it relates to Jonah's story here today. In Jeremiah 29, in verse 11, it says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. 
Jonah had failed when he was first called to Nineveh, but his failure was only temporary. It's been said that failure is not fatal, and it certainly does not have to be final today. Amen. Your failure does not have to be fatal, nor does it have to be final today. Amen. There's a huge difference between failing at something and being a failure, all right? Jonah isn't the only person in the Bible who's failed God at some point. Take a look at some of these folks who failed and found God's grace and found out that God didn't give up on them. What about Abraham? God promised him and his wife Sarah that he was going to give him a son. But what does Abraham do? He decides to help God out and has a child by his wife's servant. He failed to believe God, but God never gave up on him. And in fact, God made Abraham father of many nations. What about David? I mean, King David. As king, David committed adultery with Bathsheba, had the husband murdered, trying to hide his failing. Yet David, after repentance, David became known as a man after God's own hearts. What about Peter? Peter, the one who swore, he promised, I'm never going to deny Jesus. Then he not only denied him once, twice, three times, publicly, he failed Jesus. Yet Peter goes on to become one of the greatest leaders in the New Testament church. These people I've mentioned and others have failed God at some point in life, but God never gave up on them. God hasn't given up on them and God has not given up on you either. My brother, my sister, God loves you. God cares about you and God has not given up on you today. Amen. It's a comfort. It's a strength to realize that the best of God's servants, they made some pretty foolish mistakes as well but they too were used by the Lord again. When the word came again to Joseph, it came to, jo to Jonah a second time. It was with this same confidence that Jonah could do what God had called him to accomplish. God's plan for Jonah had not changed, but Jonah had changed, all right? God's plan for Jonah that hadn't changed. The message was still the same. The mission was still there. But Jonah had changed. The first time the word of the Lord came to Jonah, tell him to go to Nineveh. He runs away. This time he learned his lesson the hard way. And Jonah obeyed. The truth is that the Lord has something that he desires for you to do today. However, many things that God intends for us to accomplish never occur. Why? Because so many individuals, people that have been set apart to accomplish God's will, for whatever reason, when the rubber met the road, have failed to surrender to the plan and will of the Lord. Perhaps, well, man, that's me. Maybe you're thinking, I, I don't... Maybe I don't even know what God wants me to do. Well, be honest with yourself. You'll realize you know a whole lot more 
than what you're leading on with, right? You know that we are called to be witnesses of God's kingdom here on earth, right? Amen. We know that God has called us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. We know that we're called to be good stewards, managers with the resources that we have been given, time, talent, and money and treasure. We're called to use these and give these freely back to service to the King of Kings. We're called to do some things. We know what God wants us to do. But for whatever reason, most of us, we know what to do, but for, we're just not willing to do it. We're just not willing to do it. And if there's anything we can learn from Jonah's story is this. When we fully surrender, God does the impossible. Amen. When we fully surrender, God does the impossible. Jonah entered the city and began proclaiming this message. Forty days until judgment hardly seemed like a barn-burning kind of sermon. And yet this simple message, it yielded tremendous response. How is it possible? Something that might be of interest to you. When the whale spit Jonah out on the shore. I don't think it was a coincidence where he ended up. The reluctant prophet was swallowed by a great fish and landed on the coast of Phoenicia. This city worshiped false gods, especially the fish god, Dagon. Maybe within the sight of witness, who knows? But perhaps they told the people of Nineveh, a great fish spit this man out on the shore. I mean, talk about making an impact, seeing a whale spit up some guy on the shore. That's going to grab someone's attention. In fact, in the New Testament, Jesus in Matthew chapter 12 and 34 said that Jonah was a sign to the people of Nineveh. Jonah surrendered. And in that moment, he wasn't going to go back. In the lowest place in his life, he gave up his own will to the will of God's mission. God transformed a rebellious heart to save an entire city. And God will do the same thing with our struggle today. He takes the bad in our life and uses it for the good. He uses it for his advantage. That's what I believe Paul meant in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And we know that all things work together. For good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Jonah was in a place in life that was very familiar to all of us that are listening to this sermon today. The place where he had failed to do what God commanded him to do. But God, rich in mercy, full of grace today, he went to great lengths to get Jonah's attention and to give him a second chance. And he, I believe, is wanting to do the same thing for you. He wants to do the same thing in me today. Because of Jonah's obedience, an entire city surrendered and repented to God. 
His life demonstrates that God never gives up on us. God is not giving up on you today. God is not giving up on your family, your loved one, the person you're praying for on the workplace. Every person, God's not giving up on them quite yet. He is with you. He is for you. He's got a plan for your life. And that is that we fully surrender so that God can do incredible things through us. Amen. Here's what I know. The mistake has delayed us, but it has not denied us. The mission for our lives is still the same. God does not change the mission just because we don't follow it often. He changes the messenger. The master still loves us. When God allows this to occur, the second, the third, the fourth chance in our life, he's showing, he's demonstrating just how much he loves you. Calvary's cross demonstrates the length that Jesus went so that we can be saved from our sin. I'm here today to simply ask the question, are you my brother my sister, are you heading to Nineveh? Jonah paid a price much greater than he expected for his disobedience. The price of disobedience is often too high, friend. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for this church. And that plan includes you today. So don't get sidetracked by superficial things. Don't get mad and quit when things just don't go the way that you were hoping they would go. Don't let your feelings get in the way from doing what you know is right in the sight of the Lord. Don't be a pawn that the devil will try to use to disrupt to fully disrupt what God is trying to accomplish in our community. Keep your eyes on the prize today. Amen. We're going to pray. And I'd like for each of us to search our hearts here right now. Heavenly Father, we believe right now that you are able to do all things. God, if there is someone listening to this sermon today, I pray that you will get a hold of their heart, get a hold of your, their life. Do whatever it takes, Lord Jesus, to allow a wake-up call in our minds to ring loudly. God, we don't want anything to detract from your will. Lord, we desire for you to be glorified through our lives. Speak life into our circumstances. Speak hope, Lord, into our lives right now. Forgive us of our sin of our past, of our failings. Allow us, God, to walk with you, walk towards you. Help us, Lord, be pleasing in your sight. Let us not follow our way, our path anymore, but to fully devote ourselves, fully surrender to you right now. We ask this now in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, and amen. If you surrendered your life to the Lord today, would you please fill out a connect card on our website? If you want to be part of a Bible study, let us know. Type it in the notes. Hey, I want a Bible study. Or hey, even more, maybe you want to take the next step. You want to be baptized in Jesus' name. Type it in the notes. Send us an email. Let us know. We are here for you. We want to pray with you. We want to believe for you. If there's something going on we need to pray with you about, fast with you about, let us know because we are the body of Christ. We care about every individual. So whatever you're facing, don't feel like you're facing it alone. God is with you. Amen. He is for you and he has a plan for your life today. Let's all praise God right now and thank him for his goodness in Jesus name.